Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of Bible Prophecy. For today, my name is Heather, and you know I got you guys some headlines today. Yes, indeedy. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the episode, guys. So glad, um, so glad to be here today. Very thankful um, to be here today. So, uh, yeah, um, I've had some crazy things happen to me this week, um, some health things. Um, so let's just put it this way. I am very, very thankful to be here um, today to be able to do this episode. So if you guys are inclined to pray, um, I sure would appreciate your prayers. Um, yes, I would. So I want to start off with, um, I do occasionally write a blog on my website, but I try to do it every Sunday, you know, I got home from church and, uh, you know, a little bit of a procrastinator. And so, um, I did not, um, I did not stick to that plan. Of course, as you can tell, but if you do go to my website, it's BibleProphecyForToday.com, it's the number four. Um, if you scroll over, you will see the blogs and, um, you can actually subscribe to those blogs. They'll actually be emailed to you that's the only thing that will be emailed to you nothing else no spam no nothing like that off the website um, but I don't do them very often I'm going to try to get back into the habit of doing those at least once a week um, you know the Lord you know I felt like the Lord's been impressing me to write more you know I need to write more and so I'm still working um, on the four horsemen of the apocalypse the book um, that actually is the number three in the series of aliens, demons, or angels. The first one, of course, is world chaos as the rapture of the church. And then the second one is, of course, the, you know, world peace, which is the introduction of the Antichrist and his false pseudo peace. And now I'm writing the four horsemen of the apocalypse. I'm almost finished, almost finished with that. I've been working on that one for a little while. Um, but, you know, I'm kind of rot here and there. Uh, you know, whenever I feel the inspiration. And so anyway, so the Lord's been on me to write more. So I am going to start writing some more nonfiction books, um, which is, you know, what I love to do more on prophecy, Bible prophecy and that kind of thing, you know, um, just stuff like that. And so like today I actually wrote a blog. So there are a lot of folks um, I hear talking here lately about the four horsemen and are they riding? Are they actually riding across the planet? And so I did an episode uh, about that last week or the week before um, talking about why I don't think so, why I don't believe so. But I listened to John Holler uh, and he happens to think that they may in fact be riding across the globe or around the across the planet Earth today. I disagree with him on that, but I do I do really, really enjoy listening to John Holler and his Prophecy Update. And if you guys have not checked it out, you can check him out on YouTube. And it's FBC Fellowship Bible Chapel. Go check out John Holler's or, um, or Howler, however you want to say it. Anyway, I'll listen to him. Uh, anyway, go check out his Bible Prophecy Update. He does one then and he also does a midweek update and they also have an app the FBC app so go check that out um, I do and really enjoy listening to him he always gives great great insight absolutely great insight but I do disagree with him on that now see we can all be um, prophecy teachers and eschatology teachers and these kind of study the Bible and study end times and oh my gosh we can disagree on things <laughs> it's not the end all be all right but, you know, you came across some of those people and they are absolutely adamant 
And you can hear my little squirt in the background. He's my chihuahua, in case y'all weren't aware. He is a chihuahua. <laughs> it's not just a chihuahua or a chihuahua. I call him my chihuahua because he is, he's, he's a character, let me tell you. But like I said, we can all be, um, we can, we can disagree on things and still be brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, come across some of those people um, that are against the pre-tribulation rapture. Oh my gosh, they are vehemently against it. And they absolutely dispute hate towards us who believe that. And I'm like, ooh, is that really of God? I don't really think that the Holy Spirit would have you behave like that. But then again, you know, stick to the Bible, right? Go to the Bible. That's our source of truth. We try to bring scriptures up to explain to them. Oh no, they're like brainwashed against it. It's like the, it's like the craziest thing that I've ever seen. But anyway, I love John Holler, so I'm not saying anything, um, to bring any negative light or anything like that on him at all. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> I really enjoy. I just listened to him today, Sunday. He's got a lot of great stuff in his program today. Go check it out. But um, anyway, so um, but I, not just him. There's there's several other ones that that are saying that too. And you know what they may be writing? I don't know. But to me, I'm gonna tell you a little bit. So here is my blog for today. I'm gonna read a little. I'm gonna read it because it's short and sweet. It says, are the four horsemen of the apocalypse writing? So the big question and theory floating around lately is that the four horsemen of the great tribulation are already galloping across the planet. By all accounts, flooding the news and reports coming in from our very own neighborhoods, it would seem so. Violence, wars, and rumors of wars, famine, and pestilences galore. They are even inventing more ways to be evil. But does this mean the four horsemen in their riders have left their heavenly stables? I hear very knowledgeable Bible uh, prophecy teachers saying that they may have begun to ride, but does that line up with scripture? I'm not saying thus says the Lord, but I am going to point us to scripture. I am not saying these prophecy teachers are wrong either, but I will give you some biblical perspective in my position from the Bible. Let's just say, for example, that the first horse and rider has begun to ride. Who is riding the first horse? So I quote Revelation chapter 6 verses 1 through 2. Now I saw when the lamb opened one of the seals and I heard one of the four living creatures saying with a voice like thunder, come and see. And I looked and behold a white horse. He who sat on it had a bow and a crown was given to him and he went out conquering and to conquer. So I go on to say, in order for the first horse and rider to leave the heavenly stable, Jesus Christ must have already raptured his church. And I don't know about you, but I am still on planet Earth. And if you're reading this, or in this case, hearing this, you are too. So I'll quote Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. After these things, I looked and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me saying, come up here and I will show you things which must take place after this. And so I say, go on to say, John was caught up to heaven in Revelation 4 verse 1, which is also the rapture of the church. And that is the last, and that is the last time the church is mentioned on earth until we return with Christ. So by examining scripture, we can see that the first horse and his rider is none other than that of the Antichrist. Therefore, we cannot be in the tribulation. Are we close? Yes, closer than we have ever been before. If you would like to hear more on the subject, listen to my podcast about the four horsemen. So I go on to end at that. 
with, of course, get in the Word and let the Word of God get into you, of course. My tagline there, which is so important. But anyway, that's my blog um, for today. So if you guys want to check that out, that'd be great to go check it out. Um, I'm doing a little bit of uh, work on my uh, website there. going to change up some things, I think. And um, anyway, but I did my podcast on there. And if you have tried to find the YouTube videos, my YouTube channel was struck down, of course. It will tell you has been removed and this blah, 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 you know. <laughs> of course, because they don't like the truth. Yes, this is video unavailable. This video is no longer available because the YouTube account associated with this video has been terminated. Yes, that was terminated. <laughs> surprise, surprise. I'm not surprised and I'm sure you're not either. But I do have my Rumble videos on there. So I... You know, I try not to do a whole lot of videos. Number one, it takes a whole lot of time. And um, for me, a lot of editing. And I'm just, you know, it just takes so much of my time. And so um, I used to, and sometimes, uh, occasionally I will do um, screen recording, you know, while I'm actually podcasting. Like right now, I'll record the screen. And that way you guys can see, you know, the headlines that I'm reading. And you can kind of follow along with it if you're rich. Because I know there's a lot of people who are, I'm a visual person too. And because um, Jan Markell does that too um, on their YouTube channel. Most of the time it's on Rumble because, you know, YouTube. <laughs> but anyway, Jan Markell, they do her Understanding the Times radio program. And she does that too for people who are more visual which is kind of cool. So speaking of headlines, let's jump into some, shall we? So if you have not listened to their program, you can. November or Friday the 18th, the video was Meet the New World Religion. And you can find that at olivetreeviews.org. And if you go to headlines under news headlines, boom, it's like right there. And you can check it out. So it goes on to say U.S. consumers are doing exactly what they did just prior to the crash of 2008. Households added $351 billion in overall debt last quarter, taking the total to $16.5 trillion, according to data released by the Federal Reserve Bank of New York on Tuesday. That's an increase of 8.3% from a year earlier, the most since a 9.1% jump in the first quarter of 2008. The debt figures aren't adjusted for inflation. This is a recipe for disaster. Of course it is. So what else we got? Foreshadowing foretellings. This is Terry James. Guys, if you have not checked out Terry James, you really, really need to. He is a fantastic author. Um, I'm reading his book, Deceivers, as a matter of fact. Um, man, I tell you what, he's got a lot of, a lot of good stuff. But we're going to scroll on here and check out this headline. So... Anyway, if you want to check out his web website, you can actually go um, to raptureready.com. But he actually has a uh, website. I think it is, um, you know what? Don't quote me. Don't quote me. I'll see if I can't find that and put that in the notes below. So, it goes again. We consider the words of the greatest of all prophets. He is the greatest of all prophets, of course, because he is God. The words of Jesus Christ are reverberating today to all who are familiar with end of the age signals. And one instruction the Lord himself gave for this very generation, I'm convinced, is the most significant. It is the heads up we've looked at continually for months and even years. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. And that is Luke Chapter 21, verse 28. 
Jesus had just stunned his disciples telling them that the beautiful temple they were looking at would be completely thrown down. The Lord then addressed the questions Peter, James, John, and Andrew had asked. Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign when all these things shall be fulfilled? Mark chapter 13 verse 4. We've gone over the Olivet Discourse many times learning all all of the things jesus said would come to pass he told of the horrors of the coming tribulation the arrival of the antichrist and the plight of the jewish people at the time of the great tribulation but let's remember that jesus wasn't limited to only prophesying things that were scheduled for fulfillment concerning jesus christ we were told in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god that is john chapter 1 1 probably one of my favorite verses <laughs> every single prophecy in god's word no matter the prophet through whom it is given is a foretelling by the lord jesus christ he is the word so whether we're considering the prophecy given under ezekiel's watch or those given under the apostle paul's or those presented by anyone else in scripture it is the same as the lord himself speaking when jesus left us with the command to look up and lift up your head when you see all these things begin to come to pass he was saying that we should pay close attention to every prophecy for the end of the age he was directing believers to carefully observe all prophetic signals when we know these things are beginning to happen because at that time he is on the very cusp of calling all of his children to himself. Yes, folks. So we look now at the title of our commentary, Foreshadowing Foretellings. Jesus said we will see these things begin to come to pass, Luke 21, 28. He didn't say if we see when these come to pass he says he said he was telling obedient believers to watch as given in mark 13 37 that we will know he is drawing near when we see these things prophesied for the end of the age begin to come to pass observation of these signals involve foreshadowing of foretellings found throughout the word of god we've looked in practically every blog article and book i've written at how things are precisely setting the stage for fulfillment of prophecy so he goes on to say we've looked at the events and issues of these times that foreshadow the formation of the new world order we've seen the forming babylonian beast that both daniel and john said cast a darkening cloud of coming horrors upon the geopolitical landscape at this last hour we've gone over israel's rebirth into modern modernity and the prophecies surrounding the miracle we have examined the headlines involving i'm sorry involving israel's enemies to the north as foreshadowing the gog magog attack ezekiel foretold the man of sin's platform of world power seems almost ready for the antichrist ascendance he goes on to say we recently looked at the world's governmental and religious leaders now coming together at the traditional mount sinai or sham el sheik in egypt to pay homage to the planet by bringing their unholy machinations to bear in their insane efforts to save mother earth we thereby see the foreshadowing of the false worship system of Revelation chapter 17, the whore that rides the beast foretold by Daniel chapter 7, and John in Revelation chapter 13. He goes on to say time and time again, we've gone over the culture and societal wickedness that has saturated our nation in the world with Sonic and Gomorrah like even evil. 
These blasphemous debased developments foreshadow Jesus' prophetic words of Luke chapter 17, verses 6 through 30. A number of personalities erring in world leadership seem to foreshadow entities foretold to appear at the end of the age. Vladimir Putin of Russia, for example, seems to have the characteristics of the one who will be the Gog Ezekiel described. In all circumstances surrounding what's going on in the Middle East and with Mr. Putin add to the intrigued regarding the possible soon fulfillment of the Gog Magog prophecy. He goes, and now he says he finds most interesting the 33-year-old Jewish rabbi who is praised and even worshipped in some Jewish Orthodox circles. Rav Shlomo Yehuda is believed to be a miracle worker who can quote the Torah and other Jewish Holy Scrolls with instant and total recall. He has been filmed performing healing and other miracles according to reports. So this is interesting. So whether or not he might turn out to be the false prophet, the second beast of Revelation chapter 13, his appearance at this time certainly is a false messiah type foreshadowing. That is, it seems to foreshadow Jesus' foretelling about deceivers who would come in his name as the time of his return nears. And he does say that. So Jesus told Israel that they would reject him, but would accept as Messiah another who would come in his name. When I began my novel a number of months ago, Messiah and the Prince that shall come, this candidate for the Anton's partner of Antichrist view or Antichrist wasn't in view, he says. But he goes on to say, Jesus' words about these things beginning to come to pass are now on a fast track. Let us follow his directive. And so he goes ahead and here and he quotes. This is Mark chapter 13 verses 32 through 37. But of that day and that hour knoweth no man. No not the angels which are in heaven. Neither the son but the father. Take ye heed watch and pray for ye know not when the time is. For the son of man is as a man taking a far journey. Who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to every man his work. And commanded the porter to watch. Watch ye therefore for ye know not when the master of the house cometh at mid at even or at midnight. Or, e or at the cock crowing or in the morning. Lest coming suddenly he finds you sleeping. And what I say unto you I say unto all watch. And of course that is the King James Version right there. I tell you what. Let's look at Mark chapter 13, verse 37. Mark 13, verse 37. So we're going to scroll on over here. And we're going to read that. Mark 13. Here we go. Verse 37. Okay. We're going to read this out of the New King James Version. This is a little bit easier. So we're going to do 32 through 37. So, but of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Take heed, watch and pray, for you do not know when the time is. It is like a man going to a far country, who left his house and gave authority to his servants, and to teach, and I'm sorry, and to each his work, and commanded the doorkeeper to watch. Watch, therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming, in the evening, at midnight, at the crowing of the rooster, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he finds you sleeping. And what I say to you, I say to all, watch. So, folks, so I'm telling you guys tonight, watch. Be watching for our Savior. He could come at any, he could come tonight, folks. He could come before I upload this podcast, he could come at any moment. Oh my goodness, what a beautiful, beautiful promise we have from Christ. 
So dangerous, demonic, and entirely unbiblical, a deep dive into the Enneagram. So any of you guys use the Enneagram? I have a question for y'all. Do you guys use that? Well, let me tell you something. It is satanic. Uh, Spencer Smith did a whole thing on the Enneagram. And um, Justin Peters has as well. Folks, it is wicked, wicked, wicked. If So if you're involved in that, I highly suggest you repent and get out of that. Um, oh, Doreen Virtue. She used to be the new age and all that good stuff. Um, you should probably go check her out too. She is wonderful. She's on YouTube, Facebook, and probably Instagram and all that other good stuff too. But anyway, she's pretty cool. So... So here we go. Freezing Ukrainians left without electricity, without heating, without water. Folks, I am telling you something. Um, this is beyond. I, you know, I just never fathomed in the year of 2022 that we would still be no power, no electricity, like back in the dark ages. But then again, you can read the Bible. It talks about these wars like Ezekiel 38 and 39. Plowshares and spears and horses. I'm like, hmm. I mean, EMP strikes would disable all kinds of modern machinery and technology, which, you know, I don't know. Thus, I'm not saying thus says the Lord or anything, but, you know, ooh, you might want to check out and read Ezekiel 38 and 39. <laughs> but a lot of crazy things could happen, right? And uh, there are a lot of, man, there's a lot of believers over in Europe, over in Ireland. Oh, my goodness, you guys. And uh, they don't, they don't have churches Folks, you know, here in the United States, we we take it for granted. Like where I live, there's like a church, like probably on every street, you know, major street. And so we, but is it a good church, right? I know, I know. But we take that for granted. We take it for granted. And, um, you know, where I live, I'm thankful to have a pastors that preach on the end times. You know, Pastor uh, Dr. Randy Davis. And I absolutely love him. And, um, you know, I have his book and you can find him. I'm on Lifeway Fellowship. Uh, church there on um, YouTube. He had to go back to last year. Um, he's pastoring a different church now, but um, he's retired. <laughs> but he's pastoring a different church now. But anyway, he preaches on the end times. Well, we take that for granted. So I was watching Pastor Billy Crone today preaching on uh, James, and um, he was talking about you know that he he'd been over there in Ireland and Europe uh, the last couple weeks or so. And they actually ended up planning a church. They weren't even weren't even going to do that. I mean, that wasn't even on their mind. He was going to go preach and you know speak and everything. And uh, so yeah, I was not aware um, that there was you know that there weren't you know that many churches there in Europe. I was surprised by that, <clears throat> but um definitely, um, I'll be praying for you guys. Um, you can go to getlifemedia.com and getlifemedia.com. Anyway for sure and check out um, pastor billy crone he has got a ton of resources on there and remember the church is not a building the church is the people all right because the holy spirit lives in us okay guys here we go the major headline i want to talk to you guys about today and you know who it's from you know it you know if you love him he's my favorite you know it leo holman h-o-h-m-a-n-n Com. All right, guys. FDA green lights lab-grown meat in submission to WEF globalist agenda. Yes, folks. There's quite a few um, articles on this. Oh, man. I saw one on the Newsbreak app. 
And I looked at that and I was like, surely I'm living in the twilight zone. But we're not. We're really not. Okay, so the U.S. Food and Drug Administration has for the first time ever granted safety clearance to lab-grown genetically modified meat made from cultured animal cells. Mm -mm, Don't you want to pour some A1 steak sauce on that? No. Fox News reports that the agency announced Upside Foods, a company that uses cultured chicken cell technology to grow meat in a lab, may begin selling its product after its facilities are inspected by the USDA. On Wednesday, November the 16th, the FDA released a statement noting that it had, quote, evaluated the information submitted to the agency and has no further questions at this time about the firm's safety conclusion, unquote. No further questions. Just take the company's word for it that its product is safe. That's essentially the same thing the FDA has done with the experimental vaccines. Just throw them out to the population and see how it works out. You know. So, yes. So, Upside Foods expressed its satisfaction with the rubber stamp in a company statement which read, and I quote, Today we are one step closer to your dining tables as Upside Food begins the first company in the world to receive the US FDA green light. That means the FDA has evaluated our production process and accepts our conclusion that our cultivated chicken is safe to eat. Unquote. Animal rights activists, including groups such as PETA, hope that cultured meat will lead to a reduction in animal consumption and slaughter as well as aid climate change. Yes, it's all about Mother Earth. Sorry, I had to throw that in there. But we all know this has nothing to do with animal rights. It has everything to do with applying the UN World Economic Forum agenda of sustainable development and anti-human climate change agenda that seeks to vastly depopulate the world, eliminating billions of humans and animals, which are seen as emitters of the CO2, which an essential element, Without which life on earth for both plants and animals becomes increasingly precarious. But don't tell the World Economic Forum that. Anyway, continuing. Bill Gates is one of the world's largest investors in lab-grown meat. And he has been buying up record amounts of U.S. farmland refusing to say what he intends to do with it. I can guarantee you he won't be raising cattle. Oh no. The World Economic Forum routinely promotes the idea of humans eating insects and lab-grown meat. A video released by the WEF a few years ago included eating much less meat as one of its eight predictions for the world in 2030, stating that eating meat would no longer be a stable but an occasional treat. Watch the video below. Keep in mind, it was released in February 2017, and now, five years later, it is coming to pass with the FDA lending its rubber stamp. That's why it's important to keep an eye on these globalists. They set the agenda years in advance. You guys remember Event 201? They're going to tell you everything about it. That's why WEF influenced puppet politicians in Europe, Canada, and the U.S., and other Western nations are encouraging farmers to cull their herds and raise less meat. According to Fox, the FDA has not officially approved the technology during the pre-market consultation as the clearance only covers food developed with the company's cultured chicken cells. However, 
The announcement means that the food is one step closer to being available to Americans in grocery stores across the country. I still think that they're using this stuff in our food. I still think they are. I do. I think they've been doing it. I think they really are. But then again, I don't know. They never tell you the truth. They didn't tell you about the genetically modified food before until they had to. But they were already doing it. And then they had to tell you about it. You know. That's just par for the course for them. Yeah. We'll do it and then we'll tell them. We'll get them the shots and then we'll tell them what's in it. Maybe, maybe not. Anyway, moving right along. So, back to the article. It goes on to say, The FDA noted that it is willing to work with other companies and firms seeking to develop cultured animal cell food for consumers. This is the future, folks. They don't want us eating healthy animal protein. They want us eating bugs and fake meat grown in labs with who knows what in it. Yes, folks. It will likely become difficult to decipher the real meat from the fake on your grocery store shelves. So I advise finding a local rancher or farmer and buying direct from them. Any more ideas or suggestions on how we can resist the globalist war on food? He goes, please leave them in the comment section under this article. LeoHoman.com H-O-H-M-A-N-N dot com Folks, go show Leo some love. Anyway, I do love him. <laughs> I love him. Anyway, I've been saying it for a long time on this program. Find your local farmer or rancher. I use Pydom here in the Texas Panhandle. That's P-A-I-D-O-M dot com. You can find them on Facebook as well. But you know, wherever you're located at in this world, find you a local rancher or farmer. And if you have the means, get you some calves. I just will tell you this. Do not name them because when you take them to weigh and you guess how much they weigh, <clears throat> you don't know that you're eating spot all year long. <clears throat> just saying <clears throat> from childhood experience. Anyway. <laughs> don't name them <laughs> don't bottle feed them no just kidding anyway find your local farmer or rancher so let's check out some more headlines shall we so let's check it out so if you guys uh want more headlines you go to olivegviews.org olivegviews.org anyway gen z has religion they want to impose christianity stands in their way why why are so many of today's young people so militant against those with whom they disagree morally or politically because as i've said so many times before there's no neutrality everyone has a worldview or religion as the bible states people are either for christ or against you guys remember that when he said that this is at harbingersdaily.com harbingersdaily.com is written by ken ham so anyway goes on to say Click that out of the way. So according to the report, a quarter of Gen Z say they have very little tolerance for people with beliefs that they disagree with. They don't believe and understand free speech with nearly half agreeing that some people deserve to be canceled. According to an executive of the group that conducted the research, these are progressive people and that they support the freedoms won by earlier generations who changed societal or social attitudes toward issues such as sexuality and equality. Indeed, they are significantly more progressive than their parents and even than millennials on some issues. But, and it is a big but, young people could be said to be less liberal because they are less tolerant of the views of others than their parents and grandparents. Surely a novelty. 
This is actually not surprising, he says. Over the past few years, we've seen a massive and often violent protest on college campuses over speakers the students don't like. I was even canceled by the University of Central Oklahoma before being reinstated. This is Ken Ham saying this. Uh, Pro-life centers being vandalized and firebombed after Roe versus Wade was overturned and even protesters playing soccer with Bibles before throwing them into portable toilets. Wow. Why? Why are so many of today's young people so militant against with whom they disagree morally or politically? Because of us said so many times before, he says, there's no neutrality. Everyone has a worldview or religion. As the Bible states, people are either for Christ or against. Those who are, quote, progressive and liberal don't want equal space for all ideas because they are seeking neutrality. They have a religion, humanism, and want to impose it on others, and Christianity stands in their way. The truth claims of Christianity fall in the face of their religious beliefs of relative morality, sexual freedom, really slavery, and anything else. It's all part of the spiritual battle we're in as people who hate God and therefore hate his people. John 15, 18 and his word loving their darkness instead, which is John 3, 19, suppress the truth and unrighteousness. Roman 1, 18. How can we stand firm and fight in the battle that seems to be heating up every day by putting on God's armor? How wonderful is that? I just just did an episode on this anyway. Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 through 18 and he has it here on the King James Version and what we will do at this point in time is I'm going to go over here to my olive tree uh, Bible software and we're going to go Ephesians uh, chapter 6 verses 10 through 18. So we click over here and we'll go Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 right there. If you don't have the um olive tree bible software it's free you got to get it it's wonderful so the whole armor of god finally my brethren be strong in the lord and the power of his might put on the whole armor of god that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against the rulers of the darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness and in heavenly places therefore take up the whole armor of god that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with the truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, which, with which you will be able to quench all, all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the word and sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. That's where he goes on to say, uh, this is the Apostle Paul. And for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mysteries of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in change, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So guys, you hear me a lot when I end the program. I, you know, and I pray and I ask God to give us boldness to preach his word. That's where I get that from, the boldness part. So anyway, that there is Ephesians uh, chapter 6. Verses 10 through 18. So I read it in the New King James because the King James Version is a little rough. I mean, it's beautiful poetry, um, but I know there's people from all over the world that listen. And so I kind of want it a little bit easier, you know, and it rolls off the tongue better 
on the new King James. Anyway, he goes on to say, equipping children to stand strong. He says, my wife and I have talked before about how different the world is that our grandchildren are growing up in from even the world our children grew up in, not to mention the world we grew up in, he says. There's always been a spiritual battle raging since sin entered the garden 6,000 years ago, and the ferocity with which it's raging hasn't been seen in our lifetimes in the West. Children need to be equipped to stand and not fall prey to humanism, one of the many broad ways that leads to death. Folks, Ken Ham is wonderful. If you haven't uh, checked out his books or anything like that, go check him out. He is, he's an awesome, oh man, I really do like to listen to him. Anyway, you can check that article out at harbingersdaily.com, harbingersdaily.com, folks. We have globalism, we have the climate lie, we have the progressive apostasy, we have the hostility to biblical truth. All these things are happening right now. We have immorality, we have deceptions. Folks, there's so much happening right now. And of course, you have the Pope doing his stuff too. So if you listen to John Holler today, I did learn um, he was talking about, and I actually pulled up um, one of the articles here that says, that Pope Francis worships the topless earth goddess with pagans at the Vatican. It's October the 5th of 2019. He goes on to talk a little bit about that. For one, Pope Francis was bowing to a statue of a woman that wasn't the Virgin Mary. It was a statue of a topless and pregnant earth goddess belonging to an indigenous tribe that was invited to the Vatican. Not only did Francis allow them to worship their false goddess at the Vatican, he joined them. Of course, you can check that out at LifeSiteNews.com. Or if you want to check this article out, you go to PulpitInPin.org. PulpitInPin.org. Check that out there. So, yeah, guys. Insanity. If you're still into that, you'll know that the Catholic Church is the false church. Anyway. If you want to know more about that, you can go to GetAlifeMedia.com. GetAlifeMedia.com. And from there, you can click on watch videos. You can scroll down and on the right hand side of your screen, you will find all of the teachings by Pastor Billy Crone on the false churches, on false religions, on all this other humanism, Hinduism, all kinds of stuff. You're going to find it there. Just go check it out. It's for free. He doesn't charge. If you do buy his DVDs and stuff like that, he does not um, copyright them. So you can make as many copies as you want to, which he encourages. Please get the word out to everybody, folks. Get the word out. So if you've noticed on my website, I do have uh, a merchandise store. I guess everybody's got a merchandise store now. But I'm kind of putting some new merch up there. Uh, if you guys want to check it out, um, it'd be kind of cool. Um, I just added, oh man, I added a bunch of designs. Let me see if I can pull them up here. So I did add a bunch of designs. So I got Wise Men Still Seek Him. Of course, you know, this time of Christmas. And I got it's a Merry Christmas with Christ in red. And, of course, it has uh, the nativity there. It's kind of, it's a really pretty shirt. You can get shirts, mugs. Um, you can get bags, all kinds of stuff, sweatshirts, whatever you want, pins. You can grab it. At that, if you go to um, my Bible prophecy for today.com, um, it'll pop up. It'll have a little pop up there. It'll say, please check out my store. And so you can go uh, from there. I said, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Matthew 1, verses 23. So I got that design up there. Um, I've got a whole bunch of new designs. Um, 
I have Doctrine Matters, and I've got, um, let's see what else we got. I said, What If You Died Today, and that's a new shirt. Um, I've got out there, What If You Died Today, and on the back of it, um, it's got, um, Where Would You Spend Eternity? And, of course, the top has heaven, and on the bottom it's got flames, so it doesn't take a rocket science to figure that one out. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I do have a bunch of cool, pretty cool, pretty cool stuff on there. Um, you know, I always like to try to be creative, but I kind of, you know, want to do some stuff out there that can, um, get the word out, right? Have another one that says, have you prayed today? So you might want to pray today. Another one is, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept my faith, which of course is Timothy verses four through seven. And then of course on the back, it says, finally, there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge will give me on that day and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Second Timothy four verses eight is on the backside. Of course, if you buy the coffee mug, it's going to be on both sides of the mug there, but it's kind of neat. You know, I got snapback hats. You got like the, the fitted hats. You got beanies, of course, which I like to wear. Um, so anyway, all kinds of cool stuff and I priced it as low as I could. So I don't really have a whole, um, a whole lot of uh, lead way there on pricing so anyway but if you're so inclined um that'd be cool if you check that out um anyway anyway that would be super cool so what else we have going on of course the the gen z um of course we've got mastercard wells fargo city group and others launched 12-week digital dollar pilot program with the new york fed you hear that ding, 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 ding. You hear warning bells going off with that. Members of the U.S. banking community today announced the launch of a proof of concept or a POC project that will explore the feasibility of an intolerable digital money platform known as the Regulated Liability Network. Oh, I'm sorry, Interoperable Digital Money Platform known as the Regulated Liability Network or the RLN. RLM using distributed ledger technology the proposed platform would create innovation opportunities to improve financial settlements it would include participation from central banks mm. I don't know about you guys but I hear Mark of the Beast screaming out to me <laughs> cashless society one world government yeah yeah Mark of the Beast I'm telling you we are so very close. I know you know it. I know you do. We all know it. Like I just said before, when these things begin to happen, hold your head up high because your redemption draws near. Oh, and that is what we are waiting on. So conspiracy theories or spoiler alerts. Jonathan Brittner, if you guys haven't checked out Jonathan Brittner, whoo, go check him out. He always, always has great, great articles. Anyway, one possible answer to the above question is that many regard the warnings they hear as conspiracy theories. This has become a popular convenient way for people to disregard the threats to their well-being and continue with life as they don't really exist. However, one of the items that most people regard as conspiracy theories are actual Spoiler alerts for what lies ahead. What if they are like a lighthouse illuminating the clear and present dangers of our day? That's a good question, don't you think? I totally think so. I'm telling you, that's what's going on. But they're labeling it that because they don't want you to know the truth. They don't want you to know the truth. Satan is working hard so that you will not 
hear the truth. Of course, if you're saved and you, know, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, and you're listening to this episode, you probably have a pretty good idea of the truth. And you probably pretty much know that we are in deception up to our eyeballs in this world. But you also know there's people out there who don't know that who can't see through the lies and the deception because they are lost. So what are we to do? Have you have you come across some people like that and you try to explain to them, you know, about the shot or the vax or the jab and they look at you like like you've lost your mind. They look at you like you know, like you are the gum on stuck on the bottom of their shoe like you couldn't possibly be able to form a sentence because you're that dumb have you come across those people they have the mightier than hour and and scientists have already said that this is blah 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 and you what do you you, you come across those people i know you have um but what do you why do you think they're like that? Why do you think that they 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 can't even listen to your argument? They can't even listen to facts because they automatically shut down. They just completely shut down. And then they get louder and louder because they think if they're louder, they're right. But it's like arguing with a fence post. It's just, you're not going to get anywhere. You're just not going to get anywhere. And what do we do about that? What do we do? I find it, it used to be so infuriating to me. I would be like, what is wrong with you? You know, but, you know, I lost a very good friend um, because of our disagreement on the jab. This is a while back. She's a huge Trump supporter and Trump can do no wrong. And, um, you know, and I, you know, we got into an argument over over the shot and, uh, you know, we dissolved our friendship over it you know and i hate that that happened i do i absolutely hate that it happened and you know i behaved in an unchristian way i'll just tell you that right now and uh you know man i i would take it all back if i could and you know there's a whole lot better way to handle to have handled that argument um but unfortunately i didn't she didn't and uh so yeah so, you know, <clears throat> Satan won, I guess you could say, because uh, so I look at it. He has come to kill, steal, and to destroy, and he's going to pit Christians against each other, and he's going to cause all kinds of stuff like that. So, you know, we should all um, be on the lookout for that, because we don't really fight against each other. We fight against, like Ephesians just said in their chapter 6, principalities and rulers and all these other things, and so we need to keep that in mind and um, telling myself that as well. And uh, so, yeah. Well, let's continue with that article. So, yeah. So this is um, prophecynewswatch.com. Prophecynewswatch.com is, of course, uh, conspiracy theories or spoiler alerts. So, of course, this is by Jonathan Brittner. So it was posted November the 16th. So evil people have always conspired against the righteous. We see this in the words of David in Psalm 37, 12, written 3,000 years ago. The wicked plots against the righteous and gnashes his teeth at him. So, you know, I do like um, Jonathan Brenton. I really do. He always writes really good articles. He really, really does. And uh, we're going to hit the highlights of this article. So. 
Anyway, he goes on to say, why then do the majority of people doubt that this happens today? Why do so many believers deny that there's a deadly intent in the agenda of the globalists? Yeah, I wonder that too. Anyway, so one possible answer to the above question is that many regard the warnings they hear as conspiracy theories. This has become a popular yet convenient way for the people to disregard the threats to their well-being and continue with life as they as though they don't really exist. So he goes on to say, however, what are the items that most people regard as conspiracy theories are actually spoiler alerts for what lies ahead? What if they are like the lighthouse, right? We talked about that. So he goes on to say, long, long ago, IBM aired commercials under the banner of You Make the Call. Viewers watched short video clips of plays from NFL football games, after which an announcer asked what call they would make if they were the referee. Was it a penalty? Was it a fumble? Did the receiver catch the ball in bounds? Was it a touchdown? As you go through the list below, he says he invites you to also make the call. Do these things result from the perspective of a conspiracy nut given to baseless doomsday scenarios? Hmm. Or are they valid portrayals of events that signal the nearness of the seven-year tribulation? Let's check it out, folks, shall we? Numero uno catastrophic worldwide food shortages during 2023 he goes off to read warnings of catastrophic food shortages for 2023 back in june of this year i wrote is america on the cusp of a food catastrophe in it he goes he provided much supporting evidence for this from a wide variety of sources since he wrote the article both the world health organization and the un have come out with warnings of their own concerning dire food shortages for 2023 this coming time of worldwide famine aligns closely with bible prophecy for the time of the tribulation matthew 24 7 and revelation 6 6 this forecast of drastic uh, shortages um, of food or what the bible says we should expect in the last days leading up to the day of the lord do you agree that there's much evidence supporting this? I do. <laughs> Numero two, diesel fuel shortages. There's considerable talk about impending diesel fuel shortages in the U.S. Is this also just a conspiracy theory? I don't think so, he says. A recent Reuters news story out of London column, U.S. diesel shortages or shortage increasingly likely until economy slows, says that yes, diesel fuel shortages pose a real threat to the American economy. The story states that the only remedy for this crisis is a dramatic slowing of the economy, such as deep recession or depression, so that the demand for the fuel lessens. A November the 5th, 2022 Newsweek article also warned of the critical diesel fuel shortage in America. The title itself, diesel shortage will hit with it will hit these seven states the hardest reveals that these warnings are not just the doomsday scenario of those with tinfoil hats but rather point to a legitimate and looming crisis if these shortages continue or get worse they will drive out the process of everything in the short term and lead to panic buying i have read scenarios of the chaos and violence that would erupt in the u.s if we completely run out of diesel fuel and they sound remarkably similar to what john describes in revelation 6 5 through 8 even if we don't run completely out of diesel fuel isn't it likely that the shortages will continue or will cause much suffering as prices skyrocket for basic necessities number three 
record inflation that will get much worse. Inflation in the U.S. and in many European countries is already at levels not seen for almost five decades, and many predict this will become far worse in the months ahead. The scarcity of natural gas in Europe will not only kill a great many people, but also accelerate rising prices for everyday necessities. The quote below comes from a recent Market Watch article. Hedge fund giant Elliott warns looming hyperinflation could lead to, quote, global societal collapse. As the title suggests, it assumes that hyperinflation lies in our future. Executives at leading hedge fund uh, firm Elliott Management Corp. Uh, warned that the world is heading toward the worst financial crisis since World War II. Is this not exactly what Revelation chapter 6 verses 5 and 6 says about skyrocketing inflation early in the tribulation? We already see numerous indicators of spiraling prices increases throughout the world, which is precisely what we would expect to see during the days leading up to the time John describes in Revelation chapters 6 through 18. What call do you make on this one, he says. All right, guys. Number four, threats of World War Three. The leaders of NATO and Vladimir Putin talk about the use of nuclear weapons as though it's something normal and to be expected. Some world leaders say that World War Three has already started. Others say it's ever so close. Another warning comes... Uh, another warning of war comes from Chinese President Xi Jinping. He recently stated that China is, quote, preparing for war, unquote. Since no nation seems ready to declare the war against this nation anytime soon, it begs the question, who is China preparing to attack and when? At any moment, the war in Ukraine might explode into a much larger conflict. We hear numerous threats of this. North Korea has stepped up both its weapons testing and threats against America. I cannot predict what will happen between now and the rapture, but I believe what we see is a is stage setting for the deadly wars that will happen after the Lord takes us home to glory, he says. I believe in him. I agree with him on that as well. The Bible tells us that great wars will happen in uh, will happen. And during the tribulation, the second rod of the apocalypse is that of war. Revelation 6, chapters, uh, chapter 6, verses 3 to 4 and verse 8. And the wars that he spawns will contribute to the deaths of an exceptionally number of people. A total that fits with the use of nuclear weapons. Do you see great wars in the future, he asks? <laughs> I do. Number 5. The depopulation agenda of the globalist. This is perhaps the place where we see the greatest denial. If people, even believers, do not openly say uh, that talk of a depopulation agenda is nothing but a wild conspiracy theory, they communicated it in other ways. But is this real or just the ramblings of doomsday purveyors? No, it's not. The elite globalists of our day are not silent regarding their intent to drastically reduce the Earth's population. Yuval Noah Harari, perhaps the most influential of them all, frequently describes most people as useless eaters. Harari is currently on tour promoting his latest book in saying things such as, We just don't need the vast majority of you. His desire to reduce the Earth's population is clear. Harari is the right-hand man of Klaus Schwab and thereby has immense influence over the leaders of the world. His books sell by the millions and he's the favorite author of many world leaders including Barack Obama. Mmm. Surprise, surprise. I document the evidence of the deadly agenda of the elite power brokers of our day in my most recent post. He says depopulation. The sign that tells us Jesus is appearing is at hand. 
In Psalm 37, 14 through 15, David further exposes the deadly agenda or conspiracies of all those who promote evil. This is this is ironic because I was reading and studying Psalm 37 yesterday. Anyway, he goes on to say, The wicked draw the sword and bend their bows to bring down the poor and needy, to slay those whose way is upright. Their swords shall enter their own heart and their bows shall be broken. Along with the psalmist's portrayal of how evil people conspire against the wicked, please also remember what Jesus declared about Satan in John 8:44 and 10:10. 10, 10. He is a murderer and a liar. I say that a lot. I believe the globalists are merely minions carrying out the devil's plan to bring about the reign of his man, the Antichrist. Do you agree? I do. Numero six, number six, the push for a one world government. Klaus Schwab and Yuval Harari. Seven years ago, I began, he says, he began writing about the UN's Agenda 2030 in his push for a one-world socialistic government. In response, he says he received some of the harshest criticism that has ever come his way. One person has repeatedly called him a liar because of what he wrote regarding these things, he says. However... Now, however, this global push has become abundantly clear. The World Economic Forum openly calls for global governance and conducts open meetings in Davos, Switzerland, where leaders from all over the planet plan for time when all the nations of the world unite under one banner. In the past, they held these meetings behind closed doors. Now, however, they invite the press in to record their planning sessions for the day in which they will rule over all the people of every nation. The U.S. president openly promotes the agenda of the WEF, which is World Economic Forum. His campaign slogan of Build Back Better was taken directly from the group the Klaus Schwab and the U.L. Harari lead. In the early days of this minister of his administration, he sent John Kerry to the WEF to pledge America's devotion to them. All these things align perfectly with Bible prophecy or biblical prophecy. The books of Daniel and Revelation uh, predict that things we hear from the WEF will happen in the future, although briefly during the tribulation. This push for a worldwide government by 2030 aligns with God's word says will happen in the last days. Number seven, the mark of the beast. Most people today have heard about the mark of the beast and regard the number 666 as evil, perhaps in a superstitious way, but relatively few people believe such a thing will ever happen. It's clear that those outside of Christ reject this as a conspiracy theory or pure nonsense. But, he goes, what about fellow believers? Many of them also see the mark as something of the past or uh, symbolical or, yeah, symbolical of a different reality a great many pastors regard prophecies regarding the fulfillment of revelation 13 as conspiracy theory or part of a false doomsday scenario because on inerrant interpretation of revelation of course that's what they think but what about the elite globalists although they don't use revelation 13 verses 16 through 18 terminology or believe uh, what it says nonetheless it's an outcry they have been playing for a very long time and hope to bring to fruition in the near future several months ago he goes he wrote the transhumanism marching toward the mark in it he says he described in detail how the current push for transhumanism is all about setting up the earth's population to receive the mark of the beast pay close attention to this quote from a speech by aldous huxley a philosopher and author at the california medical school and this was in 1961 and i quote 
there will be in the next generation or so a pharmacological or pharmacological my goodness i can't speak today folks the pharmacological pharmacological method of making people love their servitude and producing dictatorship without tears so to speak producing a kind of painless concentration camp for entire societies so that people will in fact have their liberties taken away from them but will rather enjoy it because they will be distracted from any desire to rebel by propaganda or brainwashing or brainwashing enhanced by pharmacological methods and this seems to be the final revolution unquote Though spoken over 60 years ago, these words represent the blueprint from which the globalists operate today. What Huxley talked about in 1961 has now become reality. Pharmaceutical methods are fast becoming the way by which elitist globalists are now seeking to change human DNA and later combine them with machines. Globalists such as Klaus Schwab talk openly about transhumanism and how the combining of machines will or combining of machines with humans will be the final step in the evolution of mankind. Joe Biden recently signed an executive order promoting transgenderism in the USA. Yes, so those who operate under the banner of see no evil in our world miss how the technology for this now exists for the first time since the Lord revealed this to the Apostle John almost 2,000 years ago. Never before in history has Revelation chapter 13 verses 16 through 18 been so close to fulfillment. Through artificial intelligence, one person is now able to determine on a worldwide basis the parameters for who is able to buy and sell or not. Before, it would require a vast multitude of people to pull this off, but no longer. The words of John in Revelation chapter 13 are already are ready to leap off the page into reality. The current planning of this elite is all about preparing people for the coming day when they will receive an injection of sorts that will enable them to control all who receive it. Please know that this will not happen until at the midpoint of the tribulation, long after Jesus has taken us up to glory in the place he's prepared for us. So conspiracy theories or spoiler alerts, he says. So, he goes, what say you? Conspiracy theories or spoiler alerts? Perhaps, he says, I made my views a little too obvious. Despite the openness concerning their agenda, the globalists are the ones with the most to gain from people regarding their plans as conspiracy theories. The more who see their agenda as mere conspiracy theories, the better it is for them because it results in little to no resistance to their agenda. On the other hand, believers that regard the seven items listed above as descriptions of what Scripture says the world will look like just before the start of the day of the Lord recognize the nearness of Jesus' appearing to take us home. We rightly recognize that Jesus is right at the door ready to take us home to his Father's house in heaven. The Bible tells us that the rapture will happen quickly. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 50 to 54 and the Lord's wrath will fall suddenly upon the world. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verses 1 through 3. We do not know how much longer we will wait for Jesus' appearing but we know that it will be a day just like any other when, when rather suddenly we find ourselves in glory with our dear Savior. And that's Colossians chapter 3 verse 1. So guys, check out that article. Uh, Jonathan Brittner wrote that article. And I wholeheartedly agree with every bit of it. Anyway guys, ah, with that, I think we will end this program tonight. Thank you guys so much for joining me. And uh, I missed, uh, missed podcasting this week. I am.
So I'm glad to be back. Anyway, let's go ahead and close in prayer. Um, dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, God, for this day. I thank you for all of your promises, Lord, for they are yes and amen. Father God, I thank you that you are our healer, that Jesus is our great physician, that by his stripes we are healed, and that the chastisement of our peace was upon him. Lord God, I thank you that in Christ we have peace, we have joy, and I am so thankful for that. Father God, I thank you for your word, for it is true. And Lord, I thank you for Jesus, and I thank you for all the things that you have done for us, Lord. I thank you that you have given us boldness, Lord, to go and to preach and teach your word. Father, I just thank you for all these things. And God, I just ask, Lord, if there's anybody who's listening who does not know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, Lord, I pray that today would be the day that they call out to Jesus and ask him to be their savior, that they would repent of their sins today. And Lord God, I thank you for all these things. Lord, I ask that you would bless each and every one of the people who are listening today, or whenever they may be listening. God, I pray that you would give them boldness to preach and teach your word, and to be an encouragement to others, and to be an encouragement to believers. And God, I ask you these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. <music>